what we need more and more is, is to simply be conscious of and aware of what is in the Spirit, what is in Christ, what we have in Him, because those things are far more real than the world that we give such credit to, than the physical world. You know, the Bible says that the things that we see are, uh, are temporary. They're subject to change. They're, they're temporary. But the things we don't see are eternal. And that's talking about what we don't see with the, with the physical eye. Those things are eternal. That doesn't mean we can't know about them. That doesn't mean we can't see them with the eyes of the Spirit. That doesn't mean we can't live with a conscious awareness of them. And the, the days of the body of Christ stepping up to her rightful place in the earth and representing God accurately and fully are to some degree conditional upon us being conscious of and aware of the finished work, being aware of what God has already given, being aware of His provision, of His presence, and of His power. And when we rise up and every day live with the consciousness of those things, we'll change the world around us. We'll, we'll not be bogged down with the material issues and things of this life, but we'll live with an awareness of the risen Christ. Amen? I tell you what, that's what we need in our lives today. And if, if, if all we do, I mean, if it, was the, if it were the only thing accomplished here tonight, but, uh, that, that we became conscious of the reality of what is, God's abiding presence, His provision, healing that's already bought and paid for in Jesus. If we become aware, conscious of, then I'm convinced we had a good service. Yeah, even if there were no preaching or teaching or laying hands on or, or, or prayer or anything. But we all went out of here and said, yeah, it's good, to be, it's, it's good to be saved. Man, it's sure good to have Jesus with me. He's like, here, now. It's good to have the healer in me. It's good to have the provider in me. It's a good to have joy. You know what I'm talking about. It's an awareness of all that God has provided and given. And to live consciously aware of that alters and changes everything. Amen. Amen. Not only does it change our experience, how many know being aware of God will change our behavior? I don't mean not, not from a fear standpoint, like God's standing behind me and He's about to whack me over the head if I do something stupid. <laughs> I don't mean it from that standpoint, because standpoint, when you know the love of the Father, you know He's really not going to whack you over the head, right? <laughs> but being aware of His presence will still alter things. It's called that, that reverence, that honor, that awe of Him that, man, he's here, he's with me. Okay, I was going to do that, but I'm not going to. I was going to say this, but now I'm not going to. <laughs> you know, it just alters behavior, but then it all alters emotion. It alters uh, expectation for the future, where normally if you, were, if you were not conscious of and aware of God, you would think at times, what, what in the world am I going to do? How am I going to do this? What? Wow, how am I going to pull this off? How is this going to come together? But you're aware of God, it's like, what am I, in the world am I doing thinking and talking like that with God standing like right there? You know, you know what I mean by that? It's like, hmm, right there. How dare I think that? Todd, come up here. You're God. <laughs> Just follow me around. All right. All right. <laughs> you know. I'm blessing you. Hold the, hold the drama. <laughs> Just stay, just stay close, you know. 
Because, you know, we don't, we don't see God. But what if just everywhere we go, we... Closer. <laughs> you know, what business do I have thinking, how am I going to make it? Almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-sufficient one. Lo- loves me with an unshakable love. Amen. And what business do I have? You know, Susan's rude to me. And she's saying wrong things to me. And I'm... <laughs> yeah. Forgiveness, right? But I just, you know, if I could be aware... As... How many know this could be annoying? <laughs> do you want me to sit down? No, you're good. <laughs> But, you know, if we're not aware of God being with us at all, there's no... What about that time I feel like worrying? You know, okay. (laughs) Just kind of stay with the task. Messing up my sermon here. (laughs) God. (laughs) Almighty One. (laughs) You know, know, people, people people get fear of of, you know, disease and things and, you know, we get reports and all this stuff. Yeah, but what if God's right there? As if anything that could threaten our lives is an issue. But the thing is, we're not aware that He's there. Not to the degree that we should be. You know, or in here, you know, and all around us. He's way bigger. Amen. Okay, thanks, Tom. It rhymes with God. <laughs> Amen. And so if that's all we come out of here with, then good, good. I, I, I'm, I believe this. Uh, there, there's a word that we sometimes throw around. Uh, it's called manifestation. Manifestation. It's a Bible word. Uh, manifest, manifested, manifestation. Um, it's a, it's a good thing. In fact, I want to show you a scripture while, while we're talking, and uh, we'll see what the Lord ha- wants us to do and stuff. But let's talk about this for a moment. Go to the book of Psalms, the, the book of Psalms, um, the 106th chapter. Psalm 106. You see, when we talk about manifestation... Uh, do, do, do you know what that? I mean, it, it's not it's not something super deep. Uh, it just means to it means to uh, make obvious. It means to disclose. It means to um, to appear to declare. Uh, um, it has to do with something that was hidden, but now it's revealed. You know, kind of like revelation, but it's uh, something that wasn't seen, but now it is seen. And we, we frequently will talk about uh, manifestation um, in the sense of someone being healed. Well, uh, before they couldn't move it, and now they can move it. Before it was growing on their arm, and now it's gone. And, and we say that was a manifestation of 
healing in their body, okay? And uh, so when something is manifest, that means it's out in the, the, the seen world. It's in the physical world. Um, and that can, be, that can be words. It can be understanding. It can be, of course, healing, that type of thing. Uh, it can be provision, a number of things. Uh, but I want you to see the, the heart of God when it comes to this, this, this kind of stuff. Um, Psalm 106 and verse 8, 106 and 8, talking about Israel and how God brought Israel out of Egypt and through the Red Sea, verse 8, nevertheless, because they rebelled in verse 7, so that's why nevertheless, nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make his mighty power known. Think about that phrase for a moment. That he might do what? Make his mighty power known. That he might make his mighty power hidden. So just the opposite. Many times uh, people have the idea that God is trying to stay hidden. That he's trying to stay concealed from our lives. And because the average Joe has never... uh, had much experience with God, um, some of us have come to the conclusion that that must be the way God wants it. The average Christian has very little experience with God. Obviously, they have their salvation. Otherwise, you can't be called a Christian. They were born again. They were saved. But beyond that, the average Christian doesn't have much of an experience with God. They don't have many stories to tell of, of their experiences with God, their, uh, their conversations and answered prayer and receiving of, of healing and protection and life and provision and all these things that were undoubtedly God. You know, you know kind of like Jesus. Um, I mean, He's our example, right? So maybe instead of using... Uh, what most Christians are experiencing as the standard, maybe we should use Jesus. Just a thought. Possibly we've digressed. We know we've digressed from Adam a long ways. Devolved. You know, in the sense that Adam had conversations with God and people nowadays don't hear God. But then they did. But then he'd, even after the fall, even after the fall, Adam heard God. As, as same as if, as if we're talking here. He would hear God speak after sin. And now we've been born again. So the sin's been dealt, dealt with. We're the righteousness of God. But again, I go back to, to Jesus. He had experiences with God and we don't have them all. We don't have a picture of everything He did. But we know uh, after He got baptized, the Spirit of God descended upon Him. Remember, He went out into the wilderness for 40 days, was tempted of the devil. But angels were out there ministering to Him. What did he do for 40 days in the wilderness? I mean, what does that look like? I mean, does that sound like torture to you? It does to me. No food in the wilderness. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? That sounds not like a whole lot of fun. What was he doing? He was with his father. I have a very difficult time believing that he was bored and had, he was focused on his stomach. But he was in the glory of his father. Probably, again, I'm speculating right now. I don't have verses that line that whole period of time out. 
probably the time went by very quick. If we think of going on a long fast, how many know that seems like forever? <laughs> you know, I know some people, I don't fast long periods of time. The Lord has never told me to, and the Scriptures don't tell me to. Uh, but I know some people who have. And I know, as they're getting ready to do it, <laughs> yikes. <laughs> that looks like a year from now. <laughs> you know, when they're talking fasting for a month or something and not eating. And uh, more power to them, not down on them. Do whatever you want to do. Uh, I'm just saying, I believe the, the Lord Jesus, he, His relationship with the Father was so real and so alive. He was having experiences with the Father that were beyond human experience. And they way overrode the desire for food and natural comfort. You're in the wilderness. I mean, where did He stay? Did He sleep? I don't know. I mean, you think naturally, well, you have to sleep. I don't know, but he, maybe He's in the Spirit and God sustained His body and maybe He was... Camped out by a rock, and before you know it, a week was gone. Anyway, you might think, well, you're totally making that up. Well, maybe. <laughs> but I, fall, I look at the life of Jesus, and I know he went out of there in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. As soon as he got done, he overcame the devil. He went out in power. Where did he get that? Well, at the River Jordan, but yeah, he spent time with his father, and he came out there, whoo, he was ready to go. And, and, he, and through his life, different times, you know that he would get away because he was busy ministering and teaching and healing the sick. At times he would get away and pray all night long. Does that sound fun? <laughs> Come on, let's be honest. Most of us say, absolutely not. <laughs> pray all night long. Skip sleeping to pray all night long. Well, not fun if it's in the flesh. Not fun. If we're conscious of us, that is work. That is just like, oh, not only am I tired in the morning, you know, all kinds of negatives. But what if you're in the glory? What if you're in the other world? <laughs> what if you, you went way deep and you're having a fellow, having fellowship with God and you look up and, and it's eight, eight in the morning? How many of you are signing up for another one of those nights? Spend all night and come out refreshed and blessed. Another time, you know, Jesus went up to the what we now call the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus went up there with Peter, James, and John. And, uh, and the glory of God all of a sudden sits on the mountain, you know. And here comes Elijah and Moses. And uh, they're having a conversation and the Father speaks and all this kind of stuff happened. P- Peter's in a kind of a daze there talking about building tents and stuff. And because and, uh, he's just like, oh, you know, he's, he's in the glory. He's probably a little bit tipsy with the glory. Like, ooh. Well, that was just one experience. Say, so did that experience happen more often? Probably. Again, I can't, I can't we don't have all the records. John said about Jesus that if we had everything he said and did written down, the books of the world couldn't contain everything. I'll tell you what, the life and ministry of Jesus was vast. He experienced God on an ongoing and continual basis. And we have in our experience, I say our Christians as a whole in our day, most, most of us, we don't experience God to the level, the potential of what we can and so, again, what, why do I say these things? I say, instead of looking at the way things have been or to look at what most people know, let's look at Jesus. 
He set the standard. He set the bar. If he had a time in the, when the glory came down and, and, uh, and everything was white, and I can. If the angels came and ministered to him, I think there's enough angels to go around. I mean, I didn't, haven't gotten a head count lately, but I think probably a lot of them are underused. <laughs> think there's enough angels to go around to take care of you and minister to you and, and, and do things. Anyway, what I see in this scripture again, he, that he might make his mighty power known. This is the heart of God. This is the will of God. Not to hide himself from us. Not to stay behind the scenes where we can't really know if he's real or if he's strong or if he's alive or, or what he can do. And he wants to ha- keep everything back so that when we go into heaven, he can go, bam! I think he wants to make his power, mighty power known. I think God's looking for an opportunity today. He's looking for an opportunity in your life to show himself strong, to make his mighty power known, to make his name known through your life. And by the blessings of God on your life, other people see and they look from on the outside and say, what in the world is going on here? What is happening in this person's life? Yeah, because it's so obviously God, not him trying to hide him looking for an opportunity to reveal. To show himself. Amen. So we serve a God who wants to be manifest. Wants to be known. Wants his power, his will, his ways to be shown. Praise God. Praise God. Here's another verse. Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles 16. Be a left turn. First and second Samuel. First and second Kings, first and second Chronicles. It's second Chronicles, the sixteenth chapter. Notice the ninth verse, sixteen nine. It reads, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro, to and fro, throughout the whole earth. To show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Again, look look and notice the heart of God. What's he doing? He's looking. His eyes are running to and fro. Looking to, what's that word? Show himself. Not looking to hide himself, not looking to stay behind the scenes as much as possible to be concealed so no one can really be certain. No, looking for opportunities to show himself. I think it would do us well here today, tomorrow morning, the next day, to, to, to stir ourselves up in this regard. Thank you, Father. Oh, you are, the, you are a God who delights to show yourself in my life today. Yeah, God's looking for an opportunity to show Himself to you, through you, around you, in your life, to where He's obvious. In other words, He's what? Manifest. He's manifest. He's obvious to you. So obvious to you that He eventually becomes obvious to those who look at you. That'd be the goal, huh? Because we're already in. What's the, what's, the, what's the goal? God wants to show Himself to the world. So well, why don't he just do it? This is how he does it. We live connected to him. We live so tight that he is so real to us and so uh, 
powerful and, and manifest, if you will, in us, that then we can show Him to the world. How can I show God to someone else? How can I declare His name and make His power known, which we're called to do as believers, if, if I don't have an awareness of Him myself? It's like preaching somebody else's sermon. <laughs> I do not want to preach someone else's sermon. Now, I don't mean I don't learn from other people and, and glean from others. I do all the time. Thank God for that. But for me to preach someone else's sermon, it's going to be dead. It's going to be flat. It's got to be mine. You know what I mean by mine? It's real in me. It's alive in me. And, uh, you know, most of you don't preach and teach and that kind of stuff. But, if you know, if you do, that's the way this works. Let me back up most of you don't preach. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. So you don't have to be a pastor, preacher, that kind of thing. But we all share the gospel. How many know you're effective in winning your friends and neighbors and so, so forth to the Lord if it is what? Real in you. If it's your message. It's not just, oh, okay, I found a scripture. I memorized these three scriptures. Now I'm going to go share the gospel with someone. All right, do whatever you need to do to start. But when that thing gets real in you, bam, that's when, it's, that's when it works for you. Let it be real in you. And so God is looking to, to, to show himself, to show himself strong. I, I know that uh, Paul, in his ministry, talked about these things as well, how, uh, well, you can read in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, how um, he decided among them not to know anything except Jesus and him crucified, and, and his, his message to them was, was not just with words of man's wisdom, but he said, I came to you in the demonstration of the Spirit and power. And so his gospel was not just words. And how many know our gospel is not supposed to be just words? It's really not. I mean, it would be very comfortable for me and easy on my mind and on my flesh just to come in here and teach only in these Wednesday Night Believers meetings because I know I can do that. I can just teach. I can line it out. One, two, three, four, teach. It would be fine. It would be good. I, you know, I mean, if, it, if the message was good, it would be good. <laughs> I'm just saying I have a gift. I'm, an, I'm, an, I'm able to do that. Uh, but I refuse to turn church into a teaching center, even though teaching is a good part of it. You know what I mean by that? In other words, we must have the glory. We must have the flow, the power of God. We must be energized. We must be illuminated. You must have visions and prophecy and revelation coming your way. You must have the, the, the Word of God like a fire in your bones. You, you, you must have something that's, that's not only a, 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 something you've logged in the mental library, but something that is a real, a, a real to you to the degree that you can grab hold of your healing and your victory and your answers to prayer. And so where God will be real in your life, we've, we can't just have words alone. Paul said, I came in demonstration of the Spirit and power. I refuse to, to have a church where people aren't being healed. People aren't being, being knocked in the head with, in a good way with the power of God. Amen. And so the more we're aware of Him, the more we put our uh, focus on Him, He gets to show Himself. Again, He's looking for an opportunity. You know, someone shared with me the other day, uh, they're recounting a story about one of these meetings that I had f- forgotten about, didn't remember the details about, but they... Uh, he he and his wife had had come and and they were new to new to the things of the spirit. They were believers already, Christians, new to the things of the spirit. And he said he said you called out my wife into the aisle, 
like we do sometimes in these services, and 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 uh, and laid hands on her, and she had uh, <laughs> it messed her up, <laughs> and and uh, the power of God went all over her, and she had her first experience with God outside of her salvation, you know, as far as the Holy Ghost coming upon her, and really altered the direction. And these folks that go to our church now and and have for a while now, uh, but it, it's those kind of things that that stir me up. It's those kind of things where joy bubbles up in your heart and it's not because of your circumstances. You know, like I had before, we, before, we, before the meeting tonight, I was just praying and all of a sudden I was like, <laughs> I thought, where'd that come from? It wasn't for anything. I didn't get any news, didn't get a text, didn't get it. It's joy started coming up out of the inside of me uh, and it was the joy of the Lord. I thought, nice, there you are. Ha, ha, ha. And it's good. See, we've got to yield to these things because God's looking for a way to show Himself. He shows Himself in many different ways. Many different ways. We know He shows Himself in, the cl- in, a, in a cloud. We know uh, He shows Himself in, in words and in many things. He shows Himself up in joy, in victory. We had a note of victory tonight, earlier. That, that was so God. That was so God. That, that even connecting with that kind of thing, it'll heal someone's body. I tell you what, in, in any of these services, let me just... Well, whether it's tonight or going forward, you start sensing the presence of God. If there's something wrong with your arm, move it right then. Don't wait for someone to pray for you. Don't wait for... It's yours. You're in Christ. You have access to the full blessings of God as His child. You have a covenant with God. Amen. You know, a guy, an old friend of mine said, said recently, we were just talking, and I was trying not to... I only see him every few years, and, and, and he made, made this statement about how, you know, God can just take any one of us anytime he wants. And I was trying not to, I didn't want to get into it with him. I thought, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. And I didn't say that to him. I wanted to be nice, I only see him once in a while. I thought, that's the dumbest thing in the world. Don't you have a covenant with God? You're telling me your covenant partner can kill you anytime he wants? Huh? <laughs> no. Here's what my covenant partner can do. He can, he can overload me with benefits anytime that he wants. Because that's part of it. And I can give my whole life and heart to him. I'll do anything he wants me to do. And, and he'll provide for me whatever I need. That's the kind of relationship we have with God. Not who can get each other. You know, you know the old, well, God needed another flower in the garden. People do not turn into flowers. Huh? Or another angel in the choir. You know, mankind, human beings do not turn into angels. You and I will never be angels. Why would we want a demotion? The Bible says that He created us a little lower than God. That's another message. If I stirred your thinking, you study it out. Don't take my word for it. But that's in the Psalms. Some, tra- some translations say angels there in the Psalms about, about that. But it's the, word, it's the Hebrew word Elohim. He created us a little lower than himself. Above the angels. They're, they're greater in power and might. But they're not greater in position with God. I don't want to get up on all that right now.
But I'm just saying, you have a covenant relationship with God to access. He's looking to show himself strong. And his showing his power, making himself known, is not about doing damage. It's not about doing harm. It is about changing a life, lifting it up, fixing what was wrong. It's talking about healing the brokenhearted. It's talking about making blind eyes see. This is the God we serve. This is the God we love. This is the God with whom we are born of. Amen. Amen. And so, God wants to demonstrate himself. He wants, to, uh, he wants to show Himself in, in our lives. He wants to show Himself through our lives. Uh, Paul did that. We ought to do that. Let's go to 1 Timothy. Or 2 Timothy. Let's go to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. We'll be back again next week, so we don't have to do everything in one night. But uh, praise God. 2 Timothy chapter 1. This is what uh, Paul wrote to Timothy and told him to do. And Timothy was a believer, walking with God. He was a pastor. He was in the ministry. But he still told him this. I think if this applies to Timothy, it applies to us. Verse 6, Therefore, I remind you... Well, let me go back up. Let's go to verse 5. He said, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice... All right, so if your mother's names are Lois or Eunice, you can relate. But, uh, uh, but even if they're not, many of us have received through our mothers or grandmothers, they were believers and we benefited from that. Timothy was in that situation. If you're like that, some of you aren't. You might be the first one in your family. But Timothy was like that. Uh, faith was translated down through his grandmother and mother. He said, I am persuaded is, is in you also. Therefore, because of this, I remind you. Because of what? Because I'm persuaded you've got some good things in you. I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So at a previous time, Paul laid hands on Timothy and there was an impartation of spiritual gifting there. Okay, so he could fulfill his call and do what God wanted him to do. And, but but let's, let's look, at, it's interesting what he's telling him. Because he had the gift, the anointing was transferred, but he, he told him, Timothy, I've I got to remind you to do something. You've got to stir that thing up. Well, what, what does that mean? It's possible for someone to have something from God inside of them. It, it, it abides with them. It's there, but it's not alive and active. It's not being accessed. It's not, it's not being fully used. I think this is this is entirely possible with me. I know at different times certain abilities and gifts I've had, they weren't being accessed as much as they should have been. Probably still the case, right? I think that's true with a lot of us. There's, there's more in there than what we're accessing. So what did Paul tell Timothy? He said, I want you to stir it up. I want you to stir it up. I used this illustration recently, but it's the one that comes to mind, so I'll use it again. You know, glass of white milk. You pour in that liquid chocolate syrup to make chocolate milk. I mean, you can pour that in, but if you pour it right down the middle, it'll go right to the bottom, and it won't even affect the milk. It still looks like, unless you, you know, if you don't see the bottom uh, of the, the glass, it looks like there is no chocolate in there. But there is. You put it in there. You laid your hands on that bottle <laughs> and put it in there. Through the laying on of your hands, that chocolate went in the glass, and it's in there, but it doesn't look like it's in there. Some, sometimes people look at themselves in the mirror and say, I don't see anything there. 
I don't see any, God, any of God in there. I don't see anything that can be used, anything impressive. Well, it is in there. It is in there. Some things you were born with, other things you, were, you got when you were born again, or other things you got when you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Other things, sometimes they come like this, through the laying on of other people, laying on of hands. The Lord has dealt with me at, at a few, on a few occasions. I'm thinking of a time, is Pastor Allen in here? Yeah, right back there. I'm remembering a time, I don't know if you remember this, this has seemed powerful on my end. Uh, we, were in, we were in Mexico on a trip, and we were all worshiping the Lord around the deal, and prophecy was flowing, and it was just the glory of God, and, and I remember the Lord dealt with me, uh, and I, I he, he, Pastor Allen was standing right, right over next to me, and I went up, and I grabbed him. Oh, you remember that? <laughs> Amen. And, uh, and uh, I believe something, something went into him. I believe something went, it went into him there. And the Lord dealt with me, and there was a, there was a, the power of God was transferred. Amen. And uh, anyway, the Lord dealt with me to lay hands on people at different times to, to, to do things like that. But again, what's still necessary? Stirred, Stirred up. up. It's possible for any of, any of us to let this thing uh, settle, in, settle down. And so once the chocolate gets in there, what do you need to do? Stir it up. Until what? Until it's visible. <laughs> Till you can see it, till you look at the glass and say, "Ooh, chocolate, chocolate." Amen. Maybe you need to stir it up until people look at you, until you can look at yourself and say, "Chocolate," <laughs> or whatever. You know, gifted, enabled, empowered, called, anointed, Hallelujah. full of Jesus, healed, yeah. delivered, set free, prospered. Full of joy. Amen. Look at yourself. Stir it up until it's obvious. Amen. Someone said, well, uh, I'm happy inside. <laughs> In my heart. You know, because the proverb says, remember, the scripture says, a merry heart does good like a medicine. You know, how many know if you're sad, you're, that tends towards illness? If you're depressed, that tends towards disease, and it feeds that kind of stuff. But if you're happy, it uh, if you're you're happy, it works like a medicine in your body, right? Uh, usually, you know, even people in the medical field will acknowledge those principles. Those are right in the Bible. Uh, but anyway, someone said, "Well, I'm happy on the inside." Remember, there's another scripture that says that says it this way: it says a, a merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. A merry heart makes a what? Cheerful countenance. That means you're lying. <laughs> you say, I'm full of joy. I'm full. I'm just, I just don't like to show it. You're not full of joy like you think you are. Because you get full enough, it'll start coming out. You know, it's like filling up the gas tank. Filling up the gas tank on the car. How many know, you know, now they, they have those things that click off. But if you take that little clicker thing off, you keep filling it up. How are you, you going to know it's full? It starts coming out. How are we going to know you're full of joy? It starts coming out. <laughs> it comes out in a smile, comes out in your words, comes out in, a, in, in laughter. Huh? Come on, how many, know, how many know a person who has a sense of humor and that laughs? That, that is a sign of, where's Pastor Mickey here? He here? That's a sign of emotional health. 
It really is. When someone, is ne- when someone never laughs and nothing's ever funny to them, sometimes it's just pride. Oh, yeah, I heard that one before. It <laughs> isn't funny at all. But, you know, I, I tell you, uh, when someone will never laugh, and then that's not a sign of health. It's not a sign of emotional health. Amen. Hallelujah. Any grumpy people here today? Not now. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna fake it so I don't get. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, if it's not there, you can stir. You can stir it up. Because in Christ, how many know it is there? It is there. It's totally there. You've got joy. You've got victory. It's all there. Just needs stirred up. Stir it up. Stir it up. One time, many years ago, this is when I was in Bible school. I was sitting in my apartment. Sitting on the couch one day, just praying and just fellowshipping with the Lord. And it seemed like I was supposed to laugh. I didn't feel like laughing. Nothing was funny. But I'm all alone. I can do whatever I want. You know? I mean, I wouldn't necessarily just do that without any kind of leading in a service. But there, you know, you can do whatever you want. You can try things out. You know, back up even further than that. Back up when I was a, I was a, I was a teenager. I was going to college here. I was in my, I was in my apartment, and uh, over on protest. You know that hill over there? Some apartments right there. That's where I lived. And uh, anyway, I'd, I'd get in there, and the Lord was stirring my heart. But I'd be all alone because I wasn't used to doing this, even though I'd been around it some. But I'd get in there. And I'd get down on my knees, and I started, and I'd lift my hands. That was a big deal to me then. I wasn't doing that in public. I wasn't doing that in church. But to me, I'm all alone. I can try this out. I get down on my knees by the beanbag chair, and I'd say, "Praise you, Lord! Praise you, Lord!" And it was, it was powerful for me at that time. That was a big deal. I'm just trying stuff out. It worked. Yeah. God was glorified. I was stretched. I grew. Before you knew it, I was in public going, glory to God. Hallelujah. Woohoo. Yeah. Anyway, I was back in that, now back to that other apartment. This was later. So I started saying, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> ha, you know. <laughs> Why? Well, I just, I'm taking a step of faith. Total step of faith. Seemed like I was supposed to. But I didn't feel like it. It was dry. It was dead. Ha, ha, ha. But, you know, you stay with certain things for a little bit. You just do them by faith. And you tap into an anointing. Because God is looking for an opportunity to show himself. In many different ways. And for, if someone will step out and take a step of faith, they'll run into God. And ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. After a little bit, I don't know how long, I wasn't looking at the clock. And that's good advice. (laughs) I wasn't looking at it, but it wasn't too long. All of a sudden, I'm laughing. And it's coming out almost uncontrollable. And I'm on the floor, on my back, laughing. Ah, Just going. And I'm all alone. But then I had this friend. His name was Paul. Still is Paul. (laughs) Unless he changed it to Saul. I don't know. Uh, Paul. 
comes up up the stairs. Well, I was in an upstairs apartment. Upstairs. And he's standing at the door, and he can hear me. <laughs> so he's, he knows me well enough, so he just comes on in. And as soon as he comes in, it hits him. And just like now, he's on the floor. <laughs> and this sounds crazy, but hey, whatever. He and I are laughing. At what? Nothing. We're just happy. What did we do? Well, he benefited from, I was already down the road a little bit. You know, I had stirred it up, and it was the presence of God was all over me, and then it kind of got on him. Some of you come in late sometimes. Don't do this on purpose, though, please. But if you come in late sometimes, you'll notice if you come in here, on a, especially during these services, we're all worshiping God, you'll come in and you'll go, wow. Ooh, it's already, it's already, there's already a, a presence here, already glory here, and you come in at a higher level. You can test it, but just one at a time. Sign up. <laughs> I want everyone coming in 10 minutes late. <laughs> come in, there's no one here. <laughs> All right, I'm just trying, uh, I, I, I want to finish things up, but uh, Paul told Timothy to stir these things up. To stir means to, you know, to like inflame one's mind. To, uh, it, it means to kindle up, you know, like a fire that has, has gone down. What do you do? You, you blow on it a little bit. You get the poker and you stir things around. The idea is that the flame has gone down. Uh, that's Paul's illustration. Mine is the milk and the chocolate. He's talking about a flame. You stir up that fire. You, you know, the wind of the Spirit blows and you poke on it a little. You stir it up. Um, he, he went on to say, what's that next verse? For God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Fear is timidity. Fear is cowardice. It's, uh, it's, it's fearfulness. Um, uh, power has to do with strength and ability. God has given you a spirit of strength and power. It's, uh, you know, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The Greek word is dunamis. It means it's where we get the word dynamite. And it's talking about miracle power. It's talking about healing. It's talking about the manifestation of God. And Paul's told, told Timothy here, stir it up, man, because this is what God has given you. This is what's inside of you. Not fear, not timidity, not someone that's going to back down and back off from the things that are before you, but one of power, one of demonstration, one of glory, one of miracle working power flowing through you. Stir it up, Timothy. I tell you what, there, the power of God is unlimited, but it's invested in you and me. And if we'll stir it up, stir, to stir up mean, also means this. It means to cause to move. What am, what, what am I doing when I'm stirring up the gifts and the power of God in, in me? I'm causing it to move. I'm praying for a move of God. Well, why don't you just cause it to move? You know, I heard a quote from Smith Wigglesworth that he made this statement. He was a man of faith for uh, many years ago. And he told someone, if God doesn't move me, I move him. Yeah. And to some that sounds maybe blasphemous, but it, it's done out of a relationship with God where he knew he can take the initiative and that God would back him up. That he didn't have a, a, a spirit of, of fear or cowardice, but he had a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind and he could at any time activate the power of God within him and make it happen I think we need some makers in here 
make it happen type of people. Stir it up and let it flow. Stir it up and let it flow. Say, I want God to do something. There you go. I tell you what, he's looking for an opportunity to show himself strong. He's looking for an opportunity to manifest or to take what is unseen and make it seen. To take what is unknown and make it known. And as he does that in you, then you do that. Then he'll do that through you. Then you do that for somebody else. Amen. Amen. God is good. Praise God. Father, we're so thankful today for your faithfulness. Thankful for your goodness. Thankful for all that you're doing in us. We acknowledge you today. You're here with us. We're aware. Thank you, Lord, that we're on the inside. We're in the house. We're in the family. We're a part of the team. We're in the kingdom. We have access to everything we need. So, Father, today I thank you that your glory is manifest and shown the demonstration of you. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, God is good.